Good morning, everyone. Take two. I hope you all are having a great day. My name is Sean Tierney. I want to welcome you to the Automation Morning Show for August 1st. Happy August. I hope you all are doing great. I uh, just got back from vacation. I am a little under the weather, so I apologize if I'm not 100% this morning. And uh, But still, there's a lot of great news uh, that uh, happened over the last week that I want to cover with you this morning. So I hope you are all doing well. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump into it. And uh, first, I do want to thank our sponsor here, theautomationschool.com. If you need PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please visit today's sponsor, theautomationschool.com. With that, let's get to our first news story today, and that is from Rock Automation, and uh, they are launching their new Armor Kinetics Distributed Servo Drive. Now, this press release didn't have a lot of information on it um, as far as uh, the, to share with you. So I did pull up the uh, product page here. You can see what it looks like. You can see here's a distributed servo without uh, not attached to a motor. And here's one attached to the servo motor. And uh, in any case, uh, this page really does a good job going through what they're offering here. And uh, this video I thought was pretty good. Um, if we go over here to like 120 in the video, it shows if you, uh, you know, if you use distributed servos, now you free up all that space in your enclosure. And if you have to add additional servos in the future, because the servo drives in the field on machine, right? Then uh, it's easy to do without making changes to your panel. So that's a new announcement from Rockwell Automation. With that, let's go over to our next story today. And this is one from Mitsubishi Electric. And they're announcing that... Um, their servo amplifiers now support fail-safe over EtherCAT. Okay, so if you're using Mitsubishi servo uh, amplifiers and uh, you're on EtherCAT, you can now get FSOE or fail-safe over EtherCAT. They go into all the details down here, e-stop, safety sensors, and so on. Um, but I thought that was a very interesting announcement from Mitsubishi, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. From there, we go over to a new product from Wago. Um, this is their ready-to-use solutions for IT, for IT, for Industry 4.0. They call it their Wago IoT Box. Now, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, this is a non-metallic enclosure, and inside on a couple of DIN rails, there's a PLC, there's an Ethernet switch, there's a power switch, there's a power supply, there's a bunch of terminals, and then the, the system comes with a clear cover for the, for the box. So in any case, uh, I thought it was very interesting and a nice starter kit there for anybody who wants to get started with the Wago solution. From there, we go over to Baluf and, uh, or Baluf, and uh, they have announced that their capacitive sensors, so these have been available for a while, uh, in the cuboid design, so very square-looking uh, sensors, these are now available with I.O. Link. And so that's very cool. And these, this looks like a cool product. You can see here, they got a couple mounted to a tank and they're sensing through the tank, the level of whatever's in the tank. And uh, it talks about how this works uh, for uh, thicknesses up to four to six millimeters and uh, even through non-metallic housings and pipes and uh, so on. So a very interesting product and it's good to see IOLink added to it. From there we go over to the Turk. I haven't seen a lot of new news from Turk, but there is a uh, announcement here of their new Q300 and Q180 UHF RFID readers. And these are designed specifically for logistics and factory automation. And um, these are 
Uh, this is like one in a long line of announcements from them that deal with kind of RFID and, you know, working with uh, on forklifts and other things. So in any case, we have that from Turk. We also had, and I thought this announcement was, uh, was interesting, um, Automation Direct is announcing that they're now carrying the LS Electronic series of PLCs, the XGB series. And I thought this was interesting because Automation Direct has their own line of PLCs, right? But in any case, reading up on this, it's a, it's a PLC that's based on IEC 61131 and um, it has some great features, including um, over 700 especially function blocks, 70 of which are for motion control. So it seems very interesting. It also supports, uh, has a free software package for programming and it starts at $299. So interesting new product announcement there. And uh, from there, I want to go over and congratulate Yaskawa. They recently again made the list of America's safest uh, companies. So congratulations to Yaskawa for receiving that honor. I know employee safety has to be, uh, you know, uh, put at the top of the list of things that we have to focus on. And uh, because if our people ain't safe, they ain't going to come to work, right? So in any case, um, you know, employee safety is huge. And I just want to congratulate them for, uh, for making the list again. From there, we go over to PNF. Now, they have a new article out about using, uh, you know, about which applications are right for their Smart Runner Explorer 3D Vision Sensor. Now, we've covered a lot of sensors on the show, on the news show, on the podcast. We've had vendors on talking about their sensors. And uh, so this is an article really going through the different applications that they can tackle with their sensor. From there, we go over to Antira, the Ethernet switch company, and uh, they have a new article out talking about uh, industrial switches and how they can combat, combat security dangers in industrial artificial intelligence systems. So I thought it was a very interesting article. I mean, I, I still don't agree with the term artificial intelligence being used as a marketing term. I don't I think it's more simulated intelligence and machine learning. But regardless of my own feelings, this I thought this was an excellent article, and I think they covered the topic really well. They also had another article, which I thought was very helpful, especially if you have any junior people on your staff. And this article was an introduction to network address translation. So uh, most of the uh, younger folks, when they hear NAT, they think they like need an open NAT so they can host a video game, you know, multiplayer video game match. But in our industry, we need network address translation to be able to bridge one product from uh, the bridge of product on one network to another, where sometimes routing is not enough, right? So in any case, I think they did a very good job of explaining what NAT is here in this article. From there, we go over to Grace Technology, major announcement from them, introducing their Foreman XAI solution. Now this is uh, uh, their own uh, software that uh, works with predictive maintenance and uh, uses machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, to do so. So I thought it was an interesting article and I wanted to share that with you. From there, we go over to our product spotlight. Today we were spotlighting the Automation School's S7 PLC Level 1 course. I'm actually working a lot on this course this week. I'm working on the exercise, spent uh, several hours on this yesterday. Um, and what the exercises are, they're optional, but basically they step you through, like after you watch a lesson on doing motor control, then it steps you through, all right, now try it on yourself. Now, these are optional. You don't have to do them. But, um, you you know, kind of walks you through, okay, here's the code we used in the previous lesson. Why don't you add that to your system and test it out on your system, whether you're using a 1200, 1500, or the, the free PLC SIM, and see if you can get it to work yourself. And I think 
that's key for most people. They have to not only see, but they also have to do to learn it. So uh, we're doing a lot of work on this and that's our feature spot, uh, product spotlight for today. From there we go over to what I thought was an excellent uh, application story from ABB about a US pretzel maker and how they utilize the ABB robots to, uh, in this case, double packaging productivity. And I thought it was a great article. Also a really good video here too. And you'll see here, there's some Delta robots. And you know, if you're not hungry yet, if you like pretzels, you might be hungry now. But in any case, um, there's Delta robots doing the packaging. Not Definitely not the most complicating, complicated use of Delta robots, but still a good example of using them in packaging. And then um, they show uh, another robot arm in the palletizing area. Now I was surprised that they don't interlock the boxes. They all stand straight on top of each other. And typically we were always in, in the warehouse, we would typically, you know, change the level so that they're interlocked. But in any case, um, just a very interesting article, excuse me, <clears throat> and uh, with an accompanying video. Uh, from there, we go over to another application story. This one's from Rockwell. And uh, it talks about safeguarding Australia's and New Zealand's industrial systems. And this is a pretty long article. Um, if you're trying to promote cybersecurity where you are, you may find this helpful. I mean, it goes through a climate of growing attacks. We've talked about this many times on the show. We, go, uh, we talk about um, uh, OT cyber attacks, sobering reality, preparedness to respond, and so on and so forth. I know I think uh, last time I was on the air, I told you about a company that was uh, attacked and they lost so much data. It took them several days to get back up and running. So this is, this is serious. And if you're not just going to unplug your plant floor from the internet, which is a good first step, right? Zero trust. Um, if you have to have it connected, then you need to have, uh, uh, make sure you're doing your uh, due diligence and uh, securing your system. And it's not a one and done thing. You have to stay on that all the time, right? Just like securing your house isn't a one and done thing. You have to constantly check and make sure everything's working and is secured. So from there, we go over to the digital newsstand and uh, there is a new uh, newsletter from Automation Direct. This is uh, volume 25, issue seven. The newsletters usually come out right at the end of the month. And a lot of interesting stuff in this newsletter. I'll just go through uh, some of the uh, articles briefly. They have an article about Pencilar, uh, Penny Sular Cylinder Company. You can tell I got a cold. Um, in any case, uh, they have all kinds of cylinder products. You can, uh, there's also an article about the simplicity of programming their productivity suite of PLCs. Um, they also have information on their Seymour HMIs, on Murotech, uh, I'm sorry, Murrell, oh, Mur Electronic, I'll get it right, Mur Electronic uh, Cabling, uh, Iron Horse Motor Controls, Bryant Interlocks, Ellis Tool Bags, uh, SureFrame, T-slotted rails, and so much more. If you're interested in any of those topics, check out their new newsletter. From there, we go over to our video of the day, and uh, the folks over at Opto22 have a new video in their series on Groove Manage, and this one is on IO status. So if you have uh, Groove Epic, you may want to check that out. And from there, we go over the new releases, and uh, the only uh, new release from Rockwell I saw was version 4.02 of factory talk analytics data view now this is not a product i've used um very interesting though this this apparently this release is full of uh, new features so if you are using or looking at purchasing data view you may want to check this uh this new release out and from there 
Um, there was a ton of stuff on the SEMA site though for new releases. Um, so TIA add-ins for TIA portal, uh, updates for uh, 17, 18, and 16. Um, as far as a Somatic Step 7 CFC, right? Version 18 software update. They also had an update for Simacode ES version 18 and uh, new GSD files for the ET200 MP on Profinet. Uh, they had a complete update package for CyProtect 5 and new firmware for the Cinematics S210. There's a couple different ones here, as well as updates for WinCC Runtime Pro version 18 and WinCC Unified Runtime V18. So a lot of updates from them. They also had a lot of new manuals come out over the last couple of days. A lot of manuals on Numeric 1. So I only have one pulled up here, but there was a ton of them. Also a lot of updated manuals on Numeric MC. And they even had a new manual on ET200 motor starters. Okay, this is specific on the ET200S. And just a reminder, we did have Mark from Siemens on to take us through the entire line of ET200 SP motor starters. That was on the Automation Podcast episode 137. So if you missed that, check that out. I think Mark did a great job. We also have a Automation Demo episode after that where it actually gives us a demo of setting it all up as well. Uh, from there, we go over to new literature. If you are doing anything with smart manufacturing or trying to get your, uh, your upper management to, to really uh, implement smart manufacturing, you may want to check out this new brochure from Rockwell. It's pretty in-depth, and it covers all types of uh, the parts and pieces and components and justifications for, you know, the digital transformation and smart manufacturing and upgrading your facility. From there, I thought this was very interesting, a new three-page brochure on migrating from the Micro 1500 to Compact Logic, specifically 5370 series. Now, probably the most obvious one would be to go from the Compact, especially if you had... Um, the 7069 I.O., you would go from the Micrologix 1500 to the 5370 L2, because it also takes 1769 I.O. But, uh, you know, if you didn't, you weren't using any expansion I.O., then you could just go to an L1, right? Save some money there. But in any case, this uh, three-page brochure kind of goes through all those options for you. There was also a brand new manual on View Designer's Import-Export um, feature. And I thought this was very cool because it really goes into details on, hey, all right, so you have a Paint View 5000 project, you export it, now it's all text, now you can edit that text and um, then re-import it in. And uh, I think this is kind of getting ready for the ability to import some of the legacy platforms as well. I don't have anything official on that yet, but I think that would be awesome if they supported that. So uh, from there we go over, they also had a brand new... Um, User's Guide on Motion Analyzer. For any of you guys using Rockwell Servos, you may want to grab that. And also a bunch, I only included one here, but there was a bunch of new installation instructions for Flex.io. And so if you're using 1794 I.O., the cool thing about these are, is they have the wiring diagrams in them. So if you're using a lot of Flex.io 1794, um, there's several of these new documents up there just released and that have the wiring diagrams in them, which is always something you need to have, right? So from there, we go over to a new manual from Rockwell on the PowerFlex 755TS. Now, this is actually a service manual. So if you're out there in the field maintaining these, you'll want to grab a copy of that uh, PDF. And there was also a whole slew of new manuals on the new DataView version 4.02 that we talked about earlier. I just have one here, but there was a ton of them uh, that was released recently. 
So with that, we go over to uh, Schneider Electric. Looking forward to having them back on the show here soon. Um, this is an, uh, a, a brochure for a product I'm not familiar with, but they call it their EcoStructure Triconics software system. And it's really in-depth. It seems like it does pretty much everything. But in any case, if you're familiar with that product, there's a brand new brochure there. And they also have a brand new brochure on their advanced power quality meters, right? So the PowerLogic ION9000 and PM8000 series. So it's a pretty in-depth brochure with a lot of technical information there. And then their mainline catalog, Digest 178. This thing is huge, over a thousand pages. There is an online version that you don't have to download, but I like having things on my hard drive. And uh, section 27 is where the PLCs are. So you can see here, we got programmable controllers, HMI, software, SCADA, and so on. And with that, uh, one new catalog over on Emerson's website. They had a bunch of new catalogs listed, but they all had old dates on them. So this was the only one that had a recent date on it, and it's for the Fisher 1B and 1BR constant pressure pump governor actuators. So from there, we go over to Omron. They had a new manual on, a new safety manual on the Teachman Robot Safety System version 3.3. And with that, that is all the news I was able to get uh, get to cover this morning. I know there's a lot more. We'll try to cover it tomorrow. And um, But if you think I missed anything or if you want to just provide feedback, please feel free to do so by filling in the form that you will see if you click on the news tip link, either at theautomationblog.com or automate.news. And um, I just also want to thank our sponsor today, theautomationschool.com. They're sponsoring this episode. They're making it possible. We can't do these shows without sponsors. And uh, the Automation School is sponsoring us to help us keep the lights on and bring you the news this morning. So if you, look, if you know anybody, anybody, somebody who works for you maybe, you could probably be a PLC HMI SCADA expert. But if you have people working for you who are not, then, uh, you know, refer them over to our sponsor for PLC HMI and SCADA training, theautomationschool.com. And with that, just a reminder, you can join our community and uh, get access to our soon-to-be-coming um, live streams. I actually have a poll up there that only supporters can see where you can tell, you know, I put a bunch of different times and dates up there. What would be the best day of the week and best time of the week to do like a, a live stream with, we could have like live chat, Q&A and all that. And so if you're a supporter over there, it costs, starting, it starts at one cup of coffee a month, $2 a month. So, and I, I appreciate everybody who signed up because we hit that new tier that should allow me to do two live streams every week. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually meeting with the local guys, I think, Later this afternoon, I think I have four vendor meetings this afternoon. So in any case, I'm looking forward to uh, doing those live streams. So that is automation.locals.com. And from there, I just want to remind you that even though all 1,500 plus articles and videos at theautomationblog.com are completely free to humans, not allowed for AI, no AI, no AI uh, uh, scraping our website. Um, but in any case, humans, totally free. Um, you can also get offline copies and support our work that way. So we have a couple of eBooks, one on Control Logics, one on Compact Logics, and we have a ton of video collections. We have a phys physical collection number one for $35 and then a ton of digital collections like the S7 one. It's over 10 hours of episodes on the S7 that I did, and it's um, just $9.99 for a lifetime access streaming and downloads. Another way you can support us too is by picking up some swag. Like if you want to uh, pick up a coffee cup, I just sent out coffee cups to everybody who signed the guest book at MIA. I know a little late, but um, you know, there was so much going on between now and then. So um, in any case, uh, 
everybody who signed the guest book at MIA, they should have their cups. Everybody who uh, won a, a draw, the drawing, so I think we had 16 winners of the drawing. Uh, you've all your packages have been sent out, and thankfully only one person had their address incorrectly, so 15 of them made it out to the, the contestants. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I see a lot of you guys sharing them on LinkedIn, so thank you for doing that. It's great to see you guys get your prizes. And, uh, you know, kind of had two drawings there, so the people who were who were, um, you know, submitting uh, entry almost every day. That was one drawing, and we had uh, four big boxes of stuff go out there. And then for everybody who just, you know, submitted once or twice, we had another drawing and sent out memories. I think everybody got either a memory stick or one of those great little uh, key tools that go in your key ring, plus some other stuff as well, pens, and we had all kinds of stuff to give away. But in any case, then I want to thank uh, Siemens who sponsored. That was um, in April. They sponsored uh, a month of the Automation Morning Show. Really appreciated that. So in any case, though, if you want to pick up your own coffee cup, T-shirt, we've kind of go, gone through these and other shows. Um, you can do that over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop, all lowercase. And from there, just a reminder, every single link we've covered since the very first episode. I think, what episode are we on? I, f I forget, 70-something, right? Um, there are, every single link is over at automate.news. Now, there's no www, there's no .com. It's just automate.news. And uh, if you're new to the show, what I do after the show, after I'm done the live stream, and then I uh, package it up and send it to all the podcasting and video services, then I start adding all the links from today's show up here at automate.news, and I add them so that uh, you will see them in the order I covered them in this morning. And with that, I just want to thank all of you for tuning in this morning, for putting up for me. I'm under the weather. I know I sound strange. I look strange. And you know, not perfect, but in any case, um, I did want to bring you the news this morning and uh, spend some time with you talking about the news. And uh, with that, I just want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.